podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the LFC Transfer Room podcast for Anfield Index. Our focus today is on a name you've sure to have seen batted around plenty lately, uh, even if you're not quite, not quite sure how to say it. That's uh, Lyon midfielder Nabil Fekir. I'm Alex Mansfield, and today joining me, we have not two, but three distinguished guests, which is fantastic because that means more insight from them, less joining from me. So first, uh, from one of the best outlets around GFFN, we have Mr. Adam White. Adam, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Excited to excited to be talking on this one, and thank you, thank you again for taking the time to join us. Um, no, no problem. Next, uh, from the absolute gold standard for all things Lyon OL Plus, we have Stan by way of Sweden. Stan, how are you doing, my friend? I think fine so far. That's the first for me, so I hope it's going to be well till the end. Good, man. And thank you again for the the, the long distance e commute. Um, Finally, to lend us a bit more insight on uh, the Liverpool perspective, we have the best of both worlds. This is a Liverpool fan currently residing in Lyon, Mr. Kevin Mesker. Kevin, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm all good, thank you very much. Uh, very excited as well. This is a first, and uh, go Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, well, we got a, a good time to be talking about it. A um, few things could be more exciting than you know what's coming up in a couple weeks' time, but uh, you know, I got to say... This got this lad we're going to talk about is is about on par with with the Champions League final for a lot of us. Um, so usually when we start these out, we we just kind of batter out a bit of chatter about player backgrounds, transfer history, etc. Um, Fakir's a pretty straightforward one. He's a Lyon Academy product. Um, he's joined he's joined the system actually twice, uh, having been dismissed the first time for being quote unquote too weak. Um, graduated the first team in 2013-14. Uh, only made a handful of appearances. Um, Following season, just completely burst onto the scene. Uh, 15 goals, 12 assists in all comps, en route to winning League One's Young Player of the Year award, as well as earning a spot in the League One Team of the Year. Um, you know, his rise was kind of short-lived. Uh, I think just a couple days after he recorded his first career hat trick for the club, he suffered a cruciate ligament injury on international duty, missed the bulk of the campaign. A lot of folks wondered about his ability to bounce back. Um, and, well, the, the past two seasons have been a pretty emphatic indicator from him. Uh, he's put up a resounding 36 goals and 19 assists across all competitions. And that kind of takes us to today. Um, if you've been following the past few weeks, you see several reports from both English and French media. And they all point to some sort of interaction between Liverpool and Lyon. Depending on who you believe, the deal might be all but done. The two sides may be miles apart. Whatever the case, it's a rumor that seems to have some legs. So I want to start. Adam, I'm going to come to you first here. If this deal does go through, tell me a little bit about what kind of player Liverpool would be getting in Nabil Fakir. Well, they'd be getting a brilliant player, first of all. Um, I think you mentioned when he broke through uh, sort of that season, it must have been 14, 15, perhaps even now, when Leon challenged PSG for the title, fell away at the end, ended up finishing with eight points behind. But they were absolutely fantastic that year. And that was a lot of that was down to Fakir. And, uh, and and Alex Lacazette. He's a stocky, skillful number 10, uh, innovative, creative, pretty varied in his play. Um, that, that quote you had about him being being weak isn't isn't the case anymore. He's, he's a pretty powerful individual, uh, although, you know, pretty stocky too. So the classic number 10 
number 10 attacking midfielder type type uh, a confident lad as well um and and willing to try sort of different things you know there's a there was a brilliant example of um liverpool fans will probably remember fabio aurelio's goal in the champions league against against chelsea where he he looked sort of like he was going to cross from a free kick and shot went in off the post and and i think it was at stanford bridge and uh Fakir did a very similar thing against psg in in their win over psg at, at home this season they won 2 one scored the first goal so he's he's a really really exciting player um and and very skillful and he's uh he's really excited to watch yeah, confident, I think, is the, the proverbial word. Anyone who's done <laughs> yeah, absolutely. who's done the YouTube scouting over the past couple of weeks has seen he certainly has an air about him um, and clearly has the, the talent to back it up, it would seem. In that in that same vein, Stan, I want to ask you, as a, you know, someone who's followed Leon for a little while, there have been question marks about about Fakir's behavior, his attitude in general. You know, some of it stems from his return from that injury, coming back, you know, possibly overweight not quite having the commitment to fitness. Um, you know, for a guy who's wearing the captain's armband at the club, what do you make of of his attitude and behavior as a whole? And I guess, you know, to follow up question, how is he as a captain? Well, he's, he's quite a discreet player. I mean, we, we don't know much about his private life or things like that. And uh, yeah, he was a bit uh, a bit fat when he came back from his from his injury, but he definitely worked on that. And a few weeks after, he was just perfectly fit, and uh, it was in fact a great improvement in his play to get fit again. So he knows exactly what what he has to to do, and um, it's a it's a really a great captain because there is nothing more than he's trying to avoid that bright light. I mean, he stay in the back. It's always the team first. And it's not, it's, he's absolutely not sure of. Uh, as I said a bit earlier, that there's absolutely nothing you can know about his private life. Uh, we know that he's married. We know that we, he got a kid, but that's all. We, we never hear from him outside of the field where, in fact, he's brilliant. Uh, so, uh, and he, we were a bit surprised when he was named as captain, uh, earlier this year, but it turned out that, uh, he's, he's definitively making the team better in the way that he's focusing really on the field and he's bringing all the guys around him to, I don't know how to describe that exactly, but you just feel like there's some kind of force coming from him. Uh, he's just really um, uh, encouraging the team and leading it. And at the same time, that's a team that is leading, not himself leading the team. I'm not sure I'm, I'm really clear in what I'm saying here, but, uh, he's, he's really, uh, he's not gonna show to anyone. He's gonna make everyone better. And that's exactly what we expect from, from, a, from a leader, from a, from a, a captain. So the move to name in captain, everyone was a bit, a bit skeptical at the, at the beginning because yes, he's not a, he was not appearing as being a leader, but in the field is there, is, is, is definitely. No, excellent. And yeah. And you know, the one thing that we as Liverpool fans banter about quite a bit is what it does take to be a leader. I mean, one of the ongoing narratives for the past few years is surrounding Jordan Henderson's competency and capability as a leader. And a lot of folks are of the mind that, you know, an on-field leader needs to be that general pointing around, shouting, ordering his players. But as, you know, as Jurgen Klopp has said lately, you know, a lot of, a lot of Henderson's leadership comes from, from what he does off the pitch, how he galvanizes the group. And so I, I hear a lot of that same bit. Sorry to interrupt. Fakir is definitely not the one that's going to face the press or the fans is not going the, the one that is attract the light 
but is going to do the job on the field to motivate all the team definitively. Great, great. No, and I, I, I like that. And that's that's one thing that Liverpool have certainly lacked lately. And, you know, they've got some they've got some wonderful leaders in the group now, but it's they're still thin in that that rank. They don't have they don't have a lot of proven winners. And so I'm I'm sure Fakir would be a welcome addition there. Um, Kev, let me shift to you here from a Liverpool perspective. Give me your two cents on on how you th- how you think Fakir would fit within within LFC system. Um, it's funny because uh, I was born in Lyon. I was supporting Lyon as a kid uh, and began to support Liverpool years later. Um, so I've seen Fakir grow as a player in Lyon. And he's very offensive, he's physical, he's smart. And as Adam said, he's very exciting to watch. And I would say he would fit into Klopp's team very well because he's leading by example and he's always willing to improve, in my opinion, just as a fan, a football fan. Um, I've seen him very uh, improve quite a lot in, in the last few years. And um, I think with the players and the qualities we got in the Liverpool squad now, he's going to be just perfect for the role. Let me ask you, you, you touched on the physicality quite a bit. Obviously, that's, that's one, of the, one of the caveats a lot of people have in any transfer that involves bringing a player to England from another European league is to talk about the physicality. Do you believe that Fakir is, is suited to play in the Premier League? Oh, I think he'll... He'll do just fine if he works on physical conditions and if, if he doesn't get injured. But I'm very convinced he's going to fit and do his job and and uh, improve, you know, just work out quite well, follow club's instructions, and uh, he's going to be fine. I hope so. <laughs> oh, you and me, you and me both. Um, Adam, let me shift it back to you for a second. This kind of comes in light of a, a Liverpool performance this past weekend against Brighton that saw Klopp have to make some some kind of last-minute changes, some system tweaks. Um, he's played predominantly 4-4-3 for the past few years. When he came over from Dortmund, he was renowned for playing a 4-2-3-1. We even saw him set up 4-4-2 at times this season. One of the things I've heard about Fakir is he's lauded for his versatility, his ability to play across many positions. Um, let me ask you this first. Where do you feel he is suited best to play? And is there is there any particular position that you think he would benefit from from playing if he were to join this Liverpool squad yeah this is a really uh this is a really interesting question because I personally think that Fakir definitely has a best position you are, you are correct and he is versatile in that he definitely can slot in in different positions you know he's a classic number 10 but I, I've only really felt that he's played at his best in that position he he's played wide on occasion but over the last sort of 18 months or so Bruno Genesio the Lyon manager sort of struggled to fit all of his players into his team. He sort of got seven players for six positions in, in sort of the front six. And um, when Fakir's been moved out wide, I really feel like his performances have suffered. He gets less opportunity to influence the game and he maybe even gets a little bit isolated. That's obviously a little bit to do with the way that, that Leon sort of addressed that, that 4-3-3. When they use it, they switch to, to a much narrower system with two strikers up front, which which is kind of suiting Memphis to pie and he's been brilliant and it gives sort of Fakir a chance to sometimes play as a tip of the diamond or, or more centrally. And I really think that that's where, where he would be suited. So if Liverpool continue with, with 4-3-3, which you imagine they would as their sort of go-to formation into next season, as, as it has been this season, as you mentioned, although there's been some variation in there, 
there's it is a little bit concerning as to where exactly Fakir would fit in because you think about where Coutinho played and he kind of played as some sort of the furthest thinking of that midfield three a lot of the time sometimes wide as well I suppose but if if Fakir's going to play then he would need to if he's going to go to Liverpool he do get the best out of him if he played century and obviously I don't think he's going to you know he's going to start pushing Firmino or Salah if he stays or Mane out of the side so he'd have to play in one of those midfield three positions and the way that 4-3-3 works you kind of feel like there's a it's more sort of deep lying the, the type of role that he would need to play and for me he's an out and out number 10 and um, so he would suit 4-2-3-1 really well but whether that suits the rest of Liverpool's midfield is open to open to debate. I mean, I'm sure you know that there are options there and there are way to work ways to work around it. But there is a slight sort of square peg in a round hole situation here if if he does make the move. And I'm 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 confident that he could adapt to a slightly deeper role as part of a three in midfield. And he could you know be brought into play a little bit if he played wide because you know, there's the opportunity to drift in perhaps a little bit more than there is at Leon. But um, it's, it's it'd be interesting to see if Liverpool do sign him exactly where where Klopp plays him. I'd personally play him as number ten, but that might affect the balance of the of the rest of the side. Yeah, well, and that is you know that is going to be the big juggling act. Obviously, midfield has been a spot that has been targeted for reinforcement. The defense has been shored up with you know the arrival of Van Dijk and Robertson. Curious starting to play well. Forward line speaks for itself, bar the need for some reserves. But clearly, the midfield's what's getting the most attention presumably this this transfer window so yeah it, there are definitely gonna be personnel coming in there will definitely be questions about who is best suited where um the name you mentioned the obvious you know comparison drawn i don't know if ever directly by by klopp or anyone else in liverpool per se but a lot of people have touted fakir as a potential coutinho replacement and i'm, I'm going to open this up to anyone feel free to jump in as you please um you guys know more about Nabil Fakir than I do. I have probably watched Coutinho a little bit more than you guys may have. But if you had to compare the two, both in terms of where they are as players now, as well as, well as their ceiling, who would you say is is the better player and why? Yeah, I think that's also an interesting question. I mean, personally, um, as it stands, I think Coutinho's... Um, is is a better player. I think he's he he probably suits Liverpool a little bit more. Obviously, there's not you know that, that that's not really an issue anymore. He's not. I don't see him coming back anytime soon. But if you're talking about the right player to play in that position, I think Coutinho is probably the better option. But you mentioned sort of in terms of the in terms of the the ceiling. I think Fakir arguably has a slightly higher ceiling in terms of potential than than Coutinho. I think I think he's more skillful. I think he's a cleverer player. Um, and and more varied in 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 the way he goes about his business, and I think that if they can find you know a spot for him, then his potential would be would be a little bit higher than than Coutinho's. Excellent, Stan. What about you? What do you what do you think here comparatively? Well, I don't know Coutinho as well as I I know Fekir, but definitely I would agree on the fact that there is still some potential in Fekir. He can still improve, and is. Uh, from my point of view, is maybe playing more for the other player than Coutinho could do sometimes. Uh, but uh, is it better or worse? That's very difficult to say. So I'm, I'm not sure I got a, a clear opinion on on that question. No, no problem at all, Kevin. What about you? You got any? You got anything you want to chime in on that that particular comparison? Well, yeah, I think Coutinho is better than Nabilfiki at the moment, definitely. Uh, but I think he would be a good replacement, um, especially with Keita coming in. Uh, in the summer, um, but in terms of level, Coutinho is far better right now, and um, I think yeah, he would Coutinho would be better on a personal level, you know, uh, in term, terms of skills, 
than Fakir. Fakir would be more of a team player. And, um, and yeah, that's it. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that. That's been one of the dialogues I've been having with you know some other folks is the way that Liverpool have really, really taken off since Coutinho's departure. It kind of, kind of lends itself to this theory that he was as talented as he was. He had to be the focal point. And a lot of what I hear about Fakir is that he would cater much more to that team first dynamic, especially given what you guys have told me, to the point where Liverpool as a whole with Fakir versus Coutinho, it might be one of those cases where the whole is so much greater than the sum of his parts. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's all valid. Um, but again, given what I hear about, uh, about Fakir, I think he fits the team ethos very, very well, probably more so than Coutinho for all his magic ever could. Um, guys, I want to shift the focus here a little bit from, from club to country just for a second, uh, given how incredibly, incredibly deep and rich that French talent pipeline is. Obviously we have Russia coming up. Um, it seems like Didier Deschamps fraught for choice in just about every position, you know, two or three world-class players deep. Um, Stan, I want to ask you first, what do you think the likelihood is that Nabil Fakir will, will make this Russia squad for this summer? It will probably not be based on the potential of the player, but on the system that Deschamps will try to apply in Russia. I mean, as you said, there's a lot of uh, very good players in France, especially in the midfield, and uh, the choice is very difficult. And if uh, Deschamps goes to 4-3-3, he will probably not take Fekir. If he wants to try something like 4-4-2, Fekir will definitely go to Russia. But that's, that really, really depends on the system that Deschamps wants to apply. And unfortunately for Fekir, there's more chances that France will play in 4-3-3. Okay. Man, I, I again, I don't know. I don't know much about the system setup. Um, Adam, let me ask you. Let me ask you your thoughts on that, as well as who you view as as Fakir's main competition for a squad spot there. Well, yeah, I, I think stands stands uh, pretty much spot on there in that it does depend a little bit on on who, well, where Deschamps sees sees him playing and the type of the type of system that Deschamps you know picks for for the majority of the games in in Russia. You know, he's played a lot of. What I would what I would say is four four two with sort of Giroud as sort of a striker and then sort of maybe Griezmann off him, but then that moves Kylian Mbappe out to a sort of a wide midfield position, which doesn't necessarily suit him a little bit deeper than he would like. He's more of a more of a wide forward or a central striker for me. So there's a lot of there's so much talent that it's it's they've got so many options potentially that Fakir has has the opportunity to fit into a number of those systems, and it wouldn't surprise me if. Deschamps was a little bit more versatile, given how the Euros went. They, they kind of found their sort of found their their form, if you like, and found what got the best out of their players sort of later on into the knockout rounds. Obviously, it didn't turn out particularly well. But I'm thinking sort of halftime against Ireland in the second round when they were, you know, they were in trouble, and he switched slightly switched um, sort of tactically, and and it paid off. And I think that given that you know the range of opponents they're going to play I, I think he will look to be a little bit more varied from my point of view I think a diamond suits France perfectly it gets the best out of players like Pogba and you play Mbappe centrally Griezmann centrally and you don't have to play Kante as a deep midfielder and that will give Fakir the opportunity to play as the tip of the diamond which would suit him and the team perfectly in terms of competition it's 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 so difficult to say because you, you look down the list and you look at Lamar, Dembele, Payet's been absolutely 
fantastic for Marseille in the last month or so. Tuvan's been a, unbelievable this season as well for Marseille. Gone a bit missing in big games, so he's sort of on the border border there. Martial's sort of dropped out a little bit, was poor against Russia in the friendly. Um, so there's there's so much competition mm-hmm. for on for not too many places. So um, I think for Kier's not far from 50-50 to go. Um, but it, it also depends on whether the champ, you know, pumps a Payet given his form form recently. It's, I think it's probably one or the other at the moment. Well, and that speaks again to the just the astounding depth of that French squad. When you know a player that that were <laughs> you know are basically foaming at the mouth to bring into Liverpool, a player a player that caliber of Fakir is a fifty fifty shot at best to join up this team. I mean, that's just a it's a scary scary prospect. Um, going from Small fish, big pond to big fish, small pond again. Give myself and our our listeners a slightly better scope of of Lyon's stature as a club in France. I know one of the things a lot of people have wondered about is the weight of the shirt, and that's always a question when you know someone's coming to a club like Liverpool. But I think a lot of people maybe you know maybe make assumptions that a club like Lyon isn't isn't of the same stature. Um, Kev, I want to start with you. Do you think the pressure of a club like Liverpool compares to the pressure of a club like Lyon or vice versa? Well, the Premier League is not uh, the Premier League is way more intense than Ligue 1, definitely. So, I would say the pressure is more intense in England. Um but Lyon is is probably one of the best clubs in France. Uh they're fighting for the title every year. Uh, even though PSG are far ahead. But I think, well, Lyon reminds me of Liverpool a little bit because it's the kind of team that can uh, destroy PSG or a, a great team and just lose to the 20th or 9th, 90th in, in, in the league. Um, so I think the pressure is, is, is way way more intense in England and Fekir would, would be able to fit in that no matter what. If that's the question, yeah, I uh, all, all too real, all too real. What you describe about you know being able to to go out and absolutely thump the best, and then come up with an aggressively mediocre performance against the you know the bottom feeders. Um, Stan, let me ask you as far as as far as the reputation of and, and stature of Leon, um, do you think that it's a feasible jump for? For Fekir to make, do you think there will be an increase in pressure going if he were to go to Liverpool, or do you think he's he's cut out to handle it? You know, he, he's been raised in Lyon. Uh, he's definitely a child of the club, and uh, he's not the first one to leave the club once a grown-up man. And uh, so far, there has been absolutely no failure. Uh, look at Benzema. Look at uh, Tolisso uh, in Germany this year. Uh, look at Lacazette uh, on Premier League. And um, so all those kids that comes out of Lyon, they're correctly trained not only on the field, but outside of the field, and they're able to cope with the pressure when it's coming. Uh, but I probably would say that they're quite protected in Lyon. So that's definitely a shock. That's definitely a big change for them. But they're also apparently well prepared to face it. Great, great. And I, yeah, I... I want to think the same, given again what I've what I've heard and the, the little bit I've seen of just for how Fakir carries himself and that that air of you know that, that borderline between arrogance and confidence. Um, he seems to be the kind of player who who just loves the big occasion, and I 
I agree. I think I think Liverpool, while it might be a, a step up in terms of intensity, as Kevin had said, it might just be the absolute perfect cauldron to get the most out of out of someone like him. Um, Adam, I want to turn to you now. If if Fakir does go, tell me a little bit about Leon's options as far as replacing him. Whether it's internally, I mean, you're talking about a club with a very very strong track record as far as academy products, or if you think that they would dip into the transfer market to potentially pick out someone to fill those shoes well it's, it's another it's another interesting question i think so there's two points to this um in, from a sort of a league on perspective firstly uh hossam hour has broken through this season a 19 year old uh, attacking midfielder very very graceful very skillful very talented player he's very very sort of in the mold of sort of andres iniesta perhaps uh and so they've kind of got almost a ready-made replacement in in him given given his age only 19 and given that he's really sort of bursting onto the scene and, you know, next season they would look to give him a little bit more responsibility. Um, and, you know, maybe in sort of two or three years time, we might have this conversation about him because talent wise, you know, there, there haven't been many to come through in league and with more talent than, than him. Um, so you could argue that they might not even need to replace him at all. And they've, they've got our, you know, ready, ready waiting in the wings. Um, but the second point to this is that league is slightly different to the Premier League or in a number of ways, but in this way, particularly that, the players from sort of the, the the lower down the league are often sort of picked off by the bigger clubs and promoted uh, almost almost through the ranks, if you like. You look at Thomas Lamar. He um, he started at Caen, went from four million to to Monaco, and Monaco a club are very very good at doing that, picking out talent from young talent from lower down the league and and bringing it on and then selling it on. As you know, they made sort of three hundred million euros last summer in in selling all those players. So you know the likelihood that. Uh, that Leon go and spend big on a on a replacement is is semi unlikely. They do they will need to replace Fakir to some extent, given his importance to the team and and the talisman he's become. But um, you might they might look at someone sort of even in sort of mid table size, sort of Valentin Rongier perhaps uh, at Nantes and bring him in, and they might sort of a player of his ilk and and maybe use him alongside Hosamawa um, and and a little bit more rotation between those midfielders because they've got Tunga, uh, Tunga Ndombele who's been fantastic this season another young player they, that sort of broke through uh, bought from Amion or if he signed on loan from Amion but they'll they'll sign him permanently in the summer who were promoted to league and this season he's been brilliant like a bulldozer midfielder really physical really dynamic so they've got options already there and you could argue that if they did sell for care for 60, 70 million euros, as has been mentioned, it might solve a lot of problems that they've been having in terms of fitting those players into the team. You know, Marouane Diaz has been brilliant for the, this, then the season, but he's kind of dropped out of the side with the pies form and Bertrand Troy has been very good fitting them all in. So without for care, they might be able to go a flat four, three, three, or hours much more suited to a deeper role. Um, and they might, they might sort of solve it organically if you like, but I wouldn't see them spending big. Um, and they, they, at most they look sort of lower down the league for, a player worth sort of five or ten million euros and bring him in and and, and nurture him. But in Hossamawa, they've got a, an absolutely fantastic talent and one that you know Europe fans of European football should really keep an eye on. Yeah, that's that's definitely been a name on you know on on the tips of many tongues. Um, and I, I love the dynamic you, you brought up about the you know the lower parts of the league and actually even you know it it, it shed some good light on the very very underappreciated depth of the French league, not only the top tier, but a lot of people are quick to forget that, you know, Riyad Mahrez was bought from not even the first tier of French football, but the second tier by Leicester. They're, la- you know, they're that last year in the, in the championship before they moved up, you know, same in Kante had just helped his squad achieve, you know, achieve promotion before he was bought over, you know, Hazard, that's, that's basically, you know, three reigning PFA player of the years in, in England that have come over from, from France. And it's, it really is a, a, a pretty, pretty prolific, 
talent pool and you know credit to credit to these sides for being able to identify you know identify the players like the Lamars um, etc and keep that you know keep that French pipeline going that's it really is a cool a cool phenomenon um Stan let me ask you as far as replacing somebody like Fakir were he to go um you know given what Adam said do you think they have the resources to to replace him internally or is there someone you would like to see the club potentially bring in to fill that gap well, for, uh, as a Lyon fan, I'm not ready yet to see him leaving. And I think that's really, it's one year too early for, for him to leave regarding the club. I mean, it's the first year he's captain and our is just rising and is not totally ready yet to take the position. So really seeing him leaving would be a real, a real pain for me because I really think that, uh, yeah, he should stay at least one more year with the club. Uh, if, he needs to leave anyway. I think that the club has proven, as it has been said several times, that we're able to get replacement either by having some of the young people from the club uh, just jumping into the league, or to find some good play, young player from other uh, league and teams. That's exactly what, or league two sometimes. That's exactly what happened with the Numberly uh, this year. And uh, uh, we, we got, to, or just look at Mariano Diaz that we just bring from the, the reserve team of uh, Bars of uh, Madrid. And that has proven this year that he was a very good pick, a very good choice. Uh, so I think that in Lyon, there's a, some kind of flair to find the very good young people, the talented ones that are not uh, the big name yet and turning them into a big name while playing for Lyon. So I, I've got trust, I've got confidence that uh, no matter what happens, there will be a good choice from the team. Well, and speaking of speaking of names that have not have not yet made it, but maybe have the potential, um, a lot of the rumors surrounding this this whole transaction include Nabil's brother Yassine as a potential option. Um, I'll ask you guys again because I don't know who is who has heard what. Um, can any of you guys speak to A, whether he would potentially be involved in this deal, and B, if, if I guess whether whether or not he is, if you could tell us a little more about him him as a player. Okay, I've seen him playing a few times with, uh, uh, with the, currently the, the reserve team. Um, he's not as gifted as his big brother yet, at least, uh, but he's definitely a good player. And is uh, is a midfielder too, uh, a bit more on the back than his brother, but uh, a talented one and uh, is able to make difference. I've seen him uh, scoring a few goals. Uh, he has been named to be part of the transaction, but honestly, for the moment, uh, that's more remote than anything. Uh, that the father of those two has just denied everything for the moment. So uh, it's it's too early to say if yes, it will be part of a potential transaction or not. But that, that's definitely an interesting player. So it's, it's, the, the first name is to follow too. Adam, Kevin, do you guys have anything to add? Do you guys have any any prior knowledge of uh, of Yassine on the wing? No, 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 not at all. That makes that makes three of us. Uh, well, Stan, thank you for your insight on that one. Um, going along with the reports, rumors, narrative, um, you know, depending again on what you read, what you choose to believe. Some people have put a price tag on this. Some have shied away from it. I think some of the reports were quoting something in the in the range of sixty to seventy million pounds, including bonuses. Um, we'll go around the horn here, Adam. I'm going to start with you. If you had to assign 
a market value to a player like Nabil Fakir, what what do you think would be a reasonable asking price for him? Well, it's it's such a it's such a difficult question to answer because of the way the market has sort of fluctuated in the last, you know, uh, twelve months, two years, maybe even more. But especially recently, you look at the way PSG has spent spent money on, you know, completely blown the original transfer record out of the water by signing Neymar. And, you know, they'll spend another 180 million euros on Mbappe this summer as, you know, the loan move becomes permanent. And in that context, um, which is how many of the sort of the elite clubs are obviously, you know, dealing these days. You look at Premier League transfers in last summer, you look at Maratta and, and you look at Lukaku and you sort of 70 million euros there. You have to kind of start thinking that Fakir is not not too far away from that, um, and you know the one one perhaps even bigger caveat to that is the the saga with Thomas Lamar at the end of the transfer window last summer, where Arsenal you know bid a hundred million uh, right at the end of the transfer window and um, hundred million euros that is, and and there wasn't really enough time for it. there's a bit murky, but there wasn't really enough time for the deal to go through, and some some suspicion that Lamar may have them down. But if you look in that context, then um, Fakir, the, the, the prices that are being mentioned, uh, sort of 60, 70 million euros, seem about right, to be honest. Um, personally, you know, if if you're going beyond that, I think that would be that would be a little bit prohibitive. Uh, you know, 60 million pounds in this market would would be acceptable. It's a lot of money, but given his potential and he's 24, you know, there's there's still a long. You could get they could get a lot from that transfer. So I, if they if they got him for 60 million pounds, that wouldn't be too bad. Excellent. Yeah, I, I, I agree that the numbers being thrown around make it really difficult to, to peg down something, you know, something definitive, especially if you use that, you know, if you use those reported Lamar bids as as a high watermark, um, you know, you, you never know. Stan, let, let's get your take. What do you think a fair market value assessment for for Nabil Fakir would be? But no price. He's the captain of the team I support. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's fair. Very fair. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Uh, there's there's a lot of potential into that player. Really, I I really believe that he's a future great name. He's not already. Uh, so I I would say that the price that is currently named with or without his brother is definitely at the least I can hear for such a player. Well, Stan, let me ask a follow up. Is there anything from a financial perspective as far as Lyon as an organization that would potentially compel them to, you know, to listen to an offer like that, um, as opposed to, like you said, just keeping their, keeping their, their captain with so much potential on principle. There is, uh, as you may know, uh, Lyon is the only French team that owns its own stadium. And it's only a few years that it's the case. Uh, it has been built from scratch. And uh, so we are, the, the club still need a bunch of money to just reimburse all the, all the, the stadium. And uh, depending of their qualification or not for the Champions League will make a big difference regarding the future transfer window. Uh, if there is no Champions League qualification, and we will know that this weekend, uh, it will be much more difficult for Olas, the young president, to not listen to such offers. Okay, yeah, very interesting. And they they play against Nice, I believe, this weekend. Is that correct? Yep, and um, that's going to be a tough game because Nice is also competing to be qualified in Europa League. Uh, so that's definitely going to be an interesting game on more than point of view, more than one point of view. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that was, you know, that was that the way that Nice team rose through the ranks last season. They're 
they're definitely formidable. And, you know, unfortunately, Lyon don't have the, the benefit Liverpool did of, you know, having their Champions League position riding on a match against a team that's already already solidified its place. So best of luck to you guys in some sense, but uh, secretly a part of me might be hoping that if Champions League is what gets this deal over the line or doesn't, I might be a, a closet Nice fan on the weekend. No offense. Um, Kevin, let me uh, let me ask you lastly, as far as market value for Nabil Fakir, both from the perspective of somebody who's seen him play in Lyon extensively, but also somebody who, uh, you know, maybe has a, an understanding of Liverpool's finances and their other wants and needs for the summer. What do you think a fair asking price is? And what do you think Liverpool should pay? And I guess in that same vein, what do you think the cutoff should be? Well, I think Fekir is worth at least 50 million euros, at least. Uh, but obviously he's the captain of the team and Lyon are very proud and protective with their players just um so <clears throat> i think if we get it for maybe 70 or 80 millions of euros it would be a fair price and i'm just like you i sec- I, even if i'm born in, i was born in leon i secretly secretly hope that um leon might not get champions league spot so that we can get fake because he's a terrific player and um and I, I would very hope that we get it in, in the transfer window. It doesn't matter how much we need to put on him because I think clubs, a club would get the best out of him. I'm pretty sure of it. So I think between yeah, 60 or 85 millions would be a fair price. Okay, yeah, and that's, that's right in line with a lot of the figures being batted around. Um, and again, you know, there are a number of things to come into play, depending on how Liverpool does in the Champions League final. There's the knowledge that they have excess cash to spend. There's, you know, I know historically Jean-Michel Alas has, has been known to drive a, a tough bargain. So, you know, that, that brings us around to our final question here, which what we always do on this podcast is we force you guys to commit. We force you to put a number between 1 and 10 on the likelihood of this transfer happening. And now I'll preface this by saying, Stan, I have no problem if you want to, if, if, if your ranking is colored by how much you want Fakir to stay. I totally understand that. I appreciate that. I always have a little inherent bias in this. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Stan. If you had to put a number between one and 10 on the likelihood of this transfer happening this summer, what would it be and why? It's going to be quite low. It's going to be two or three uh, for several reasons. First of all, as I said, it's probably, he probably deserves one more year with the team. And I think that he knows that. Uh, it, there's no, he got, still got two years of contract, so he can wait without any problem for him one more year. It's going to be more a problem for the club than for him. And uh, the other thing is that I'm not sure that he's really looking for the uh, English Premier League. I think that he's more looking for the Spanish uh, Championship. And uh, he has said already several times that he was more interested by that kind of championship. So I would say that it's, and that's not only the heart talking, <laughs> it's, it's quite unlikely to happen. I, I, and yeah, maybe, maybe I also believe in that. I want to believe in that. <laughs> that it's unlikely uh, to happen. I completely, completely understand. And that is an interesting perspective. You know, that's one thing that we haven't talked much about is the, the allure of other clubs. I mean, you have a, you have a player, the potential of, of Nabil Fekir, and we'd be naive to think that 
only Liverpool are looking at them. So yeah, they're they're bound to be they're bound to be plenty of suitors from all across Europe this summer if you know if the price is right. Kev, let me come to you. Likelihood of this transfer happening between one and ten, my friend. Uh, that's a tough one, um, but I would say six because I want to believe it's going to happen first. Um, but also because Liverpool, I think, if they win the Champions League, and I'm sure they will, um, I think they will get a lot, a lot of cash thanks to that, and they will be very keen on spending wisely on very good players such as Fake here. Um, and I don't know about Fake here's, um, you know, choice about Premier League or or Spanish Championship. But um, I think Premier League is attracting pretty much anyone. It's it's the best league in the world, in my opinion. And I think it's the more passionate. So I think he would be attracted to it. And I've seen an interview of him recently um, with a journalist saying that you, you're linked with Liverpool, what do you say? And he was all smiles saying, yeah, no, there's nothing, there's nothing. But we all know what it means. It means that there's business going on and we will see if something happens or not. Agreed, agreed, agreed. As much as I wanna, as much as I wanna put all my eggs in that basket, there's, there's certainly a degree, a, a degree of restraint in these, these ratings. But I'm, I'm right there with you and wanting to be on the positive side. Adam, what about you? You're gonna, you're gonna bring us home here. Rating between one and ten of this transfer happening. I'm gonna be slightly more up the scale than than Stan. I think that it's it's sort of three or four, probably. Might even push it to four, just about out of ten. So about forty percent, maybe slightly less, maybe three point five. But I think a couple of the factors the chaps mentioned there are probably something that that will come down to be pretty crucial in the end. You know, Jean Michel Orlas is is you're absolutely right. He he does drive a hard bargain, and he may he may see this as an opportunity to to make a fair bit of money. The, the team's performing well. You know, they might be able to get a decent replacement from lower down the league. They've got Awar and then Dembele waiting in the wings, so to speak. He may see it as an opportunity. He has denied that there's been any contact as for Kier, as, as again, as the chap said, but whether that means anything is is open to debate. And I think with the Champions League as well, the second point to this, if Liverpool go and win the Champions League, which is, as an Englishman, I really hope they do, that, um, that it, it draws sort of parallels with Eden Hazard's move to Chelsea. I think they won the Champions League just before he signed, and that... that um, supposedly it sort of affected his decision making a little bit and and he he went there so you you could argue that there's a there's a possibility for a similar sort of situation for Fakir you know Liverpool go and win the Champions League Fakir's offered a big contract to sign for the champ, European champions it's difficult to turn down so he may fancy Spain he may like Spain more than, than England or might like the idea of Spain more than England but um that that the joining the European champions is 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 going to be a proposition difficult to turn down. And if Orlas is keen to make 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 money on on the transfer, it might be the right time for for everybody involved. So I think somewhere around forty percent, maybe maybe slightly less. But um, it's an exciting proposition either way. Well, and if you're going to pick a narrative to follow, I don't imagine the uh, I don't imagine Eden Hazard's would be too too bad of a prospect uh, from a from a Liverpool perspective, certainly. Um, Obviously, got to throw my own, got to throw my own hat in the ring here. As the as the in-house optimist, I'm going to go with an eight on this, um, mainly because I've invested too much emotionally to to pull away. But I do think I think there are a number of factors at play here. I do think Fikir wants a new challenge, um, and that's no offense, you know, no offense to to Lyon or to Ligue. 1. I just think he's he's ready to take that take that next jump. I think 
if he has spoken to to Jurgen Klopp, I think the project is one that would intrigue him greatly. I think his role in it is one that would intrigue him greatly. And again, already you know, already having made the Champions League final this year, it's a massive, massive marker to put up, but with the potential to to win it, and you know, a good shout at doing so. Um, I just think all the sides point to it, and. You know, it's getting difficult to, to really, really figure out which of these reports to listen to or not. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and be an, an outright optimist on this one and say at eight out of ten, um, just so just so our followers can have something to uh, something to cling on to and safety in numbers. If it doesn't work, we can all we can all come crashing down together. Gentlemen, I really want to thank all three of you for joining me. You've been tremendously, tremendously helpful insightful, wonderful discussion on both the player, the league. Um, I feel, I feel more than sufficiently informed. I'm sure our listeners will feel the same. Um, until next time, this has been the LFC transfer room podcast on Anfield index. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Podcast Network.